This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We worship an awesome God in the blue states. The, the president's uh, problem is that he was born a Muslim. Not God bless America, God damn America. My Christian faith then has been a sustaining force for me over these last few years. Marriage itself is now being redefined and at a very incredible velocity. President Obama made it very clear that he wanted to be the abortion president. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Welcome to the History of Evangelicals and Politics, the Obama Era. This is episode 25. This fight has just begun. I'm John Fia. The Christian right was not happy about the failure of the federal marriage amendment in the United States Senate. The Family Research Council's press release on the day the Senate voted to stop debate on the amendment was titled, 50 senators invite unelected judges to usher in same-sex marriage. But most of these culture warriors believed the fight for marriage was only getting started. The Family Research Council described the 50 to 48 rejection of the amendment in the Senate as round one in this debate. And it was now time to begin training for round two. Charles Colson of the Evangelical Prison Fellowship Ministries said that the Senate vote was merely day one of what he predicted to be a 10-year fight. He was only off by a couple of years, by the way. James Dobson, of Focus on the Family, compared the vote to the American Civil War. This is the opening salvo in a long battle to preserve the definition of marriage as the union of one man and one woman, he said a battle we are determined to win. The Civil War, another great struggle in the history of the American people was not won in a day. And like that great culture clash, we are certain morality will prevail. Mississippi's Republican Senator Trent Lott told his constituency that the federal marriage amendment will be back. Several members of the Christian right chose to focus on the bright side. According to the Family Research Council, the Senate vote forced the debate over the meaning of marriage into the public square. And according to its official statement, 
every time this issue makes news, the opposition to same-sex marriage, again, marriage in quotes, only grows. Dobson noted how tens of thousands of federal marriage amendment supporters tied up Capitol Hill phone lines on the day of the vote. Colorado Senator Wayne Allard, the sponsor of the bill, was happy that so many senators were willing to vote for an amendment on the first try. Focus on the Family said that it was disappointed, but not distressed or defeated about the vote. Matt Daniels of the Alliance for Marriage, who, as we have seen, was responsible for drafting the Allard Amendment, sounded like the Senate rejection of his amendment was a victory. In a cheery, positive press release, he said that the Alliance for Marriage welcomed the Senate vote as the first step in the process of putting the future of marriage in America back in the hands of the American people. The Christian right took comfort in knowing that senators were now on record concerning the federal marriage amendment. They could now use these votes against them in the upcoming November elections. As Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council put it, we now know which senators are for traditional marriage and which ones are not. And by November, so will voters in every state. Dobson said that we will make it our mission to let voters know how their senators came down on this crucial issue. Indeed, the Focus website published a form letter that people could use to write a letter to the editor of their local newspapers with templates tailored to whether their senator voted for or against the amendment. Those on the left who voted against the marriage amendment, Perkins said, were taking a position that contradicted the views of the American people. The Senate vote and the publicity surrounding it, he added, would energize the bonds between the Republican Party and socially conservative black churches who have been steadfast Democrats. The defenders of traditional marriage also noted support for their movement in the states pointing to the states that would have state constitutional amendments on their ballots banning gay marriage in November. We have mentioned these states in earlier episodes, but to refresh your memory, they included Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Michigan, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Utah. The Christian right was right when they said the fight was not over. There are also some on the Christian right who criticize the politicization of the amendment vote. Andrea Lafferty, the executive director of the Traditional Values Coalition, published a widely syndicated op-ed arguing that the federal marriage amendment said important things, but it left much undone. Though well-intentioned, Lafferty believed that the GOP supporters of the amendment made a political calculation that restrictions on civil unions had to be compromised to win the necessary votes in Congress. She lamented the fact that the final version of the Senate amendment suggested that states would have the option of legalizing civil unions. Lafferty chided Senate Majority Leader Bill Frist of Tennessee for scheduling a vote on a bill that allowed gay marriage by another name. Frist rushed the bill through the Senate and compromised on civil unions and domestic partnerships, Lafferty argued, in order to use Democratic senators' anti-amendment votes against them in November. 
This watering down of the bill forced the Senate to vote on a proposed amendment that was not supported by the majority of the American people who, Lafferty claimed, opposed both gay marriage and civil unions. Lafferty continued, the amendment symbolically reasserted the traditional definition of marriage, but substantially left it open to distortion by civil union and domestic partnerships. The legislation sponsors dropped anti-civil union language from their bill even before the first vote was cast. Church activists meeting with legislators were asked about civil unions and they responded, we don't care about civil unions. We're here to talk about marriage. Civil unions wrongly evolved as a central alternative to the polar positions between those who favor and oppose homosexual marriage, Lafferty said. And pro-family activists said nothing about civil unions. This was technically not true. As we saw in a previous episode, Tony Perkins was making strong arguments in national newspapers against allowing civil unions. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Other supporters of traditional marriage wanted the Senate to address the real causes of the debate activist judges. If Congress could make sure that the people, and not judges, decided the fate of marriage in America, there would be no need to try to solve this problem through constitutional amendments. Ron Klein of Bertoud, Colorado, a constituent of both Allard and Congresswoman Marilyn Musgrave, the House sponsor of the bill, articulated this argument clearly in a letter to the Fort Collins, Colorado, The federal marriage amendment, he wrote, is like swatting flies. No matter how many you kill, more just keep coming. Are we going to pass a constitutional amendment every time a judge legislates from the bench? The approach taken by Senator Wayne Allard and Congresswoman Marilyn Musgrave will make another constitutional amendment necessary every time an activist judge issues a bad ruling. This is a bad idea. Klein encouraged Allard and Musgrave to fight for the We the People Act, a resolution sponsored by Texas Congressman Ron Paul that would restrain the federal courts from ruling on First Amendment issues, such as marriage and abortion. The House of Representatives did not vote on the federal marriage amendment in July, but it did pass legislation sponsored by Indiana GOP Congressman John Hostetler to prevent courts from ordering states to recognize same-sex unions that took place in other states. This allowed same-sex marriages and unions to remain isolated in certain states, while pro-marriage amendment forces regrouped for the next round of the fight. Tom Minnery, a spokesperson for Focus on the Family, was not opposed to this stopgap measure but reminded his constituents that the end goal was to amend the Constitution in accordance with the will of the American people. I should stop here and say, 
It is important to note that the polling on marriage at the federal amendment was not conclusive. While the majority of Americans opposed gay marriage, the amendment had anywhere between 36% and 60% support, depending on how the polling organization asked the question. The Christian right was correct in suggesting that the fight for gay marriage was far from over. According to Michael Cromartie, the director of the Evangelical Studies Project at the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, DC, the debate over marriage reignited the Christian right. New careers on both sides will grow out of this, Cromartie said, and the polarization will continue and grow and the room for compromise will diminish. Cromartie proved to be prophetic. Richard Land of the Southern Baptist Convention noted that the abortion debates of the Reagan era built a Christian right infrastructure that was now being deployed in the fight over marriage. The institutional connections and the personal relationships, Land added, was all built over the last 30 years by the pro-life movement. And Christian right organizations such as Focus on the Family and the Family Research Council were pouring millions into this the latest theater of the culture wars. According to one report, they were outspending the pro-gay marriage lobby at a five to one ratio. In late September, the House of Representatives also rejected the federal marriage amendment. Congress would not address it again until after the November elections. As far as our podcast goes, we are not done with same-sex marriage quite yet but it is now time to revisit the rough and tumble world of Christian right and left politics in a pivotal election year. Stay tuned. The History of Evangelicals and Politics is produced by Casey Lehman. It is a podcast for patrons of Current, an online platform that includes daily commentary, reflection, and judgment from diverse and talented writers representing positions across the political spectrum. Current also hosts The Way of Improvement Leads Home, a blog dedicated to reflections on American history, politics, religion, and academic life. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. Please consider supporting us by heading over to currentpub.com and clicking the red support button.